Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today, see you virtually, I guess. But uh, thanks so much for joining in. I don't take this for granted. I recognize that you could be doing a whole lot of things with your time today. And so I'm so grateful that you chose to join us and be part of what God is doing at Heartland. Before we go any further, I want to take a second to acknowledge that churches all across Dane County today are pausing to talk about racism in America. If you weren't with us last week, you should know that's exactly what we did last weekend. And if you care about hearing what I had to say, or if you're curious about what I had to say on the subject, you can go to our website, weareheartland.us, and watch the teaching there. You can also listen on podcast or even download the Heartland Church of Sun Prairie, Sun Prairie smartphone app and watch it there as well. Well, for us today, we in the midst of you know, everything else that's going on, we are celebrating a very special anniversary that we couldn't let pass by without pausing to celebrate ourselves. For those of you who have been around for a while, you may already be aware, but maybe, maybe it hasn't dawned on you yet, but we are now at the 24-month mark of our deep and wide journey. We started deep and wide 24 months ago, and on one hand, I feel like the time has just absolutely flown by. I can remember the beginning of deep and wide like it was yesterday, and then on the other hand, I feel like deep and wide started forever ago, and it's almost like I can't remember the ministry of Heartland before deep and wide, because I look back at two years and where we were two years ago as a church, family, and as a ministry, and I just think, wow, look how far God has brought us. But for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about because you're new to the ministry and you're thinking, what in the world is deep and wide? Take a look at this recap video that will catch you up to speed. In 2017, our weekly attendance grew to a level that filled our auditorium and then some. We were busting at the seams. Service after service, we were pulling in extra chairs to make sure that we had room for everyone. Our kids' rooms were packed to capacity. The parking lot was full every weekend, leaving cars to park in the grass and on the street. It was no secret that we were out of space. In February 2018, our teaching series, Blueprint, cast a vision for what God had laid on our hearts in terms of expansion. And it was no surprise that making more room for more people was on your hearts as well. Together we prayed and signed blueprint canvases signifying that we were in, that together we would be a church that would go to great lengths to reach our community for Jesus. So we began to dream. What would it look like to create more space for more people to continue to fill our mission, awaken our diverse community to Jesus? We looked into purchasing land and building a brand new building. We looked into purchasing other vacant buildings to renovate and move into. But each time, God kept leading us right back here to 800 Wilburn Road. We looked at what God had already given us, and we realized that he had provided exactly what we would need. In April 2018, we kicked off a series called Deep and Wide, and as a church, we challenged ourselves to take our faith deeper than it ever had gone before, so that our reach could go wider than it had ever gone before. We committed to seeking God's will for our lives, and we prayed for clarity regarding what God would ask us to do in making the expansion of our church building a reality. For five weeks, we studied the life of Abraham together, met in small groups to process and encourage each other, and prayed individually to seek God, all with the heart to take our faith deeper. On April 22, 2018, several hundred of us gathered to take a step of faith and generosity and to go first in making a commitment that would help make the dream a reality. We all knew that this was much more than a financial commitment. We knew that we were being invited to participate in a special work that God was doing and about to do in our community. 
and our hearts were filled with gratitude that we would get to participate in making heaven more crowded. That weekend we celebrated as more individuals and more families made commitments to the Deep and Wide Initiative, and as only God could orchestrate, our committed gifts were exactly what we needed to remodel our building and make room for more people. We officially kicked off the two-year Deep and Wide Generosity Initiative in June 2018, and it couldn't have been more perfect than to land on Baptism Weekend, because that was what all of this was about. Not a fancy new building, but about seeing more and more people have their lives changed by God. The second half of 2018, we continued to gather and we continued to grow, but now we were meeting with architects and builders in preparation for the renovation. At Christmas that year, we had record attendance, running out of room at almost every service, even to the point of people spilling out into the halls, sitting on cafe chairs, office chairs, stools, essentially any chair that we could find. It was clear that the project was starting just in time. In March 2019, before the demo work could begin, we moved our services to the unfinished end of the building where the new auditorium would eventually be, and we dedicated this space to God. We worshiped and prayed and thanked God for what he had already done and what he would continue to do. And then the demolition began. They worked to get the unused space ready as we continued to meet in our old space, cramming people in until at last it was time to say goodbye so that it too could undergo its renovation. Again, in perfect timing on Baptism Weekend 2019, we thanked God for the work that he had done in that space. We wrote on the walls as a testament to how God had changed our lives there. While the walls would come down, his work would continue, and we were so grateful. We celebrated over 70 people getting baptized and going public with their faith and trusted God with the next chapter of Heartland's story. June 12th, we had our first service at Cardinal Heights Upper Middle School while the construction crews worked hard to get our building renovated. We gathered at Chums for 27 weeks as a portable church, setting up and tearing down every single Sunday. Our volunteer teams were rock stars and each week it was filled with new memories. But we knew what we had always known. Heartland wasn't a building. Heartland was all of us together, a community of people gathering to know and love God more, serve people better, and be in community together. In November 2019, we gathered in our new auditorium and before the carpet went down, we wrote prayers and the names of people on the concrete floor that we were asking God to do a work in their lives. We dedicated that space and prayed together that it would be filled with His Spirit. And on December 8th, 2019, we said our goodbyes to chums and the following weekend, we had our first services and the new space back here at 800 Wilburn Road. It felt so good to be in the new space that we would call home. But even more than that, it felt so good to know that we could now invite so many more people to call this place home too. After all, deep and wide, as we said all along, was not about a building. It was about taking our faith deeper so that God's reach could go wider. And here we are, ready to open our doors wide to anyone who wanted to come and hear about the life-changing message of Jesus. There was space for kids, built in a way that let them know that they were thought of and that they were important to God and to us. There was space and accessibility for those with disabilities that told them that they were thought of and they were important to God and important to us. There was a new space for students and men and women that told them that they were thought of and they were important to God and to us. There was space for organizations, for our community to meet and gather, and there was space 
space for God to continue drawing people to himself through our ministry. To those who have been sacrificially giving over the last two years, thank you on behalf of everyone who will walk through our doors for decades to come. And to all of us, now is the time to roll up our shirt sleeves and continue doing the work that God has teed up for us to do. As the official 24 months of Deep and Wide comes to a culmination, we know that really, we are just getting started. The opportunity before us has never been greater, and so we will pray like it depends on God, and we will work like it depends on us, knowing that we are surrounded by tens of thousands of people who have not yet been awakened to the abundant life that comes from following Jesus. It has been an incredible journey so far, no doubt, but we believe that our best days are still ahead. So what was Deep and Wide? Well, Deep and Wide really, at its core, was a discipleship initiative. We, as a church, wanted to challenge ourselves to take steps of faith as it related to our generosity. And our hope and our prayer was that because we took those steps of faith, our roots would grow down deeper into God's love and we would become more like him. We would be more like Christ. We would do an even better job reflecting to the world around us how good our great God is. That was based on a passage from the book of Ephesians where the Apostle Paul writes in chapter 3, I pray that from his, talking about God's, glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep his love is. So we wanted to see our own roots grow down deeper into God's love. And our prayer was that as a result of that, we prayed that as a result of our own roots going down deeper into God's love and as a result of us being transformed more and more into the image of Christ, we prayed that the result of that would be that our reach would go wider into our community than it had ever been before. We prayed together two years ago. This was our prayer. And for the last two years, this is what we've been praying, that as our own faith would grow, our impact would hit more people in our community. We have been praying passionately that through our efforts, God would awaken more of our diverse community to himself. For those of you who are part of Deep and Wide all that many months ago, you remember that this initiative has had two goals. The first and primary goal was 100% participation. Our number one goal, our primary focus, was that everyone who was part of the Heartland family would take a step of faith and that we would rally together in a special way around this effort. Whether it was a big step of faith or a small step of faith, our hope and our encouragement and our challenge was that we would all take the step of faith that God was asking us to take. Our secondary goal was the generosity that it would take to build out and expand our building in order to open up room for more people, and that amounted to about $4.8 million. Those were the goals, 100% participation and commitments and generosity that totaled $4.8 million. Those were the goals. But you know, as well as I know, that it is incredibly easy to make a goal and then not follow through in hitting them. Case in point, how many of us are still pursuing our New Year's resolution goals that we made six months ago? Not this guy. 
No, but those were our goals. And what I loved about this journey over the last two years was that we didn't focus on the numbers as it related to our goals. We kept our focus on the vision, and we believed that if we pursued that overarching vision, the goals would take care of themselves. And again, the vision was that we would all take a step of faith as it related to our generosity. And as a result of that step of faith, God would honor that. God would meet us there. God would catch us as we stepped out in faith. And our own roots would go down deeper into his love. And as a result of that, our impact would go wider into our community. And now here we are 24 months later, and in looking back, it is so exciting to see that that is exactly what has been happening. As we've approached the 24-month anniversary of this journey, I've taken the opportunity to reach out to, to families and to individuals in our church to just follow up and to just ask the question, what has this journey been like for you and for your household and for your family? And it has been so incredible to hear the stories about how God has been growing you and deepening your faith, how you've been seeing him do things in you and then through you. It's been so fun to go back in time two years with so many of you and to hear about how you came together to make your commitments. So many of you have echoed the same sentiment where you felt like you had a conversation early on and you landed on an amount that you were going to commit towards your generosity for deep and wide. And then you went off and you kept praying and you kept spending time with God and you kept asking for clarity. And little by little, you started to feel like you weren't settled in that. Maybe that there was a different number that God wanted you to commit. And so as you prayed, it became more clear and that was scary and you felt a little bit of trepidation. And so maybe for some of you, I've heard you say that you were even nervous to tell your spouse about that until it got to the point where you just couldn't hold it in any longer and you, you kind of had this, this moment of truth where you came forward and you're like, look, I don't know that that's our number anymore. I feel like maybe God's laid this number on my heart. And the answer that they gave you was, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that you said something because I've been feeling that same thing and my number is the same number. I love those stories because I think it is a reflection and it is a reminder of the fact that God still speaks to us when we're willing to ask and truly listen. And as I've talked with individuals and couples about the last two years as you have followed through with your deep and wide commitment, I've gotten to hear incredible stories about how you have grown in your faith. So many people have said the same thing that, you know what, day by day by day, you don't really notice the change, but now here you are. And when you look back at the you that you were two years ago, you see how far you've come, how much you've grown. And praise God for that. That's awesome. That is worth celebrating. That is what we celebrate today because that is growth. That is the answer to our prayer. That is, to use the big church word, sanctification happening before our very eyes. And it's incredible to know that around 600 individuals or families have gone on this journey with us over the last two years. That that participation is us meeting that number one goal in huge ways. One of my favorite moments in the beginning of Deep and Wide was when we all came together in such a beautiful way on Commitment Weekend, when we made our pledges and our commitments, and we just stepped out in faith as a church family, and we, we had such a fantastic Commitment Weekend. And then, I've told you this story, but it's been a while, so maybe you haven't been around to hear it, but then, then everybody went home, and so I and just a couple other staff and leaders in the church, elders in our church, sat down to, to kind of 
put those on paper and to kind of sort them out and add them up. And when we did that, we, we knew that our, our secondary goal was the $4.8 million that we would take to cover our general operating budget for two years, plus do the building and kind of the down payment on the building and to get us started on that off the bat. And when we hit total on all of those commitments, it was almost exactly $4.8 million dollars. It was affirmation that we had heard God clearly in his call to, that this was how much we were supposed to raise. And it was affirmation that our church was part of it, that not only had we heard from God correctly, but that you had listened to God and that we had rallied together in taking that step of faith. And now here we are 24 months later and we have seen $4.4 million come in. You guys, that is worth celebrating. That is huge. And we are so close. We are right there. If you're still paying towards your commitment, and praise God for you. Keep going. You can get there. We will get there. We are right there at seeing it fulfilled 100%. And that is amazing. That is worth celebrating. And now, here we are. We are in the space that we rallied together to build out. Now we have room to, to bring those friends and those neighbors and those coworkers that we've been praying God would, would do a work inside of and that he would awaken them to life in him. Now we get to watch as God does what only he can do, which is change a life, change a home, and change eternity. Of course, we opened the building at a very unusual time. We opened our building for our first services back in December, right before Christmas, and then we really opened the building in January of 2020, just several months ago. But you know the reality of what the, the coming months brought with it. We only met here for 10 weekends before the pandemic caused us to close our doors in an effort to help flatten the curve. But the incredible thing is that it is the impact of deep and wide that has allowed us to continue coming together as a church every weekend through the church online platform. Without the success of Deep and Wide, we would not have had the equipment to do church on demand the way that we're doing it today. Without Deep and Wide, it would be like me recording sermons on my own in my garage with my iPhone. And let's be honest. Nobody wants to watch me give a sermon in my garage alone with my iPhone. Even I don't want to watch that, and I'm a pastor. I love sermons. But we are so grateful that we have the technology we need. Are we not? Can I get an amen in the chats for that? That we're able to come together in the midst of the pandemic and still worship and, and grow as a church family? That we're still able to come together and challenge ourselves. And like iron sharpens iron, continue to to. to, to just refine each other in the best way possible. And we have gotten to see our reach go so much wider than it ever would have without Deep and Wide. Because of Deep and Wide, we've been able to launch new ministries. We've been able to welcome in so many new families. And we've been able to provide a space that has been a fantastic space for our community to use. Rather than Listening to me try to summarize it all, I thought I would invite our ministry leaders, the people who are on the front lines of doing that wider type work, to tell you in their own words. So take a look at this video with them. I am so grateful for the Deep and Wide initiative. 
I don't think that any of us knew the season that we would find ourselves in with COVID-19 and the importance of continuing church online for people who couldn't come. Um, it's been cool to see the way that God has continued to move in new ways and in new forms. And to be really honest, we would never have been able to do that in our old sanctuary with our old equipment. And I'm so grateful for the way that God is still moving and we can bring that to you online. Because of Deep and Wide, we have been able to start a brand new ministry here at Heartland called One to One. We have been able to train and equip 16 people within our church to walk alongside individuals in our church or in our community who may be going through a difficult time. We are so excited to have this ministry available to our church and to our community. Thank you so much, Heartland, for all you are doing and all you continue to do. Because of Deep and Wide, we've been able to introduce a brand new ministry here at Heartland called Wonderfully Made. Wonderfully Made is a ministry for individuals with disabilities and unique needs. Our tagline is a place and purpose for all. And we think we've achieved that. We've ensured that our building is fully accessible. We now have sign language interpreted services. We have an adult sized changing table in our family restroom. We have an accessible playground. We have tools and resources in every kid's room. We have a wonderfully made sensory room and we have so much more that I don't even have time to talk about today. And we're just getting started. Well, to say that Deep and Wide has impacted the Heartland Kids Ministry is truly an understatement. I mean, we are over the moon with what our space looks like and what it does. We have these beautiful rooms, these beautiful hallways, brand new toys. And since we have opened in just a matter of three months, we had close to 100 new families drop off their kids at Heartland Kids. And we just love taking them back there, showing them the space and what it does. It lets parents and kids know that Heartland Church values kids. There is no question in my mind that parents are absolutely thrilled and kids are to be a part of our Heartland Kids ministry. Obviously, Heartland saw a lot of benefit from our facility being redone, and we've seen that happen through our weekend services, through all the different ministries that have used it over the first few months that we were in the building. But from the very beginning, we wanted this facility to not just be for Heartland, but to be a benefit to the community of Sun Prairie as a whole. And what's really cool is we were able to see that happen from the beginning. Uh, right away, the city reached out to us uh, to see if we could be a polling location for the elections going forward and we're, we've agreed to do that. Uh, local firefighters reached out and they held a training here with over 200 firefighters from around the state uh, and they love the facility here. And then we even had some things planned throughout the summer and the year that uh, some other organizations. But unfortunately COVID hit and some of those got sidetracked. However, the YMCA reached out and they were able to use our facility for months uh, as a place where they could house and pack meals for the community. And I know they just loved being here. And even though we couldn't be here for church and different things, they were so grateful to have this facility to be at. And they could feel just the joy and the presence, I think, from all the times that we were here. Uh, but so that was great. And then because of that partnership, the YMCA reached out again, and we're actually gonna host a teen adventure camp this summer uh, for 10 weeks, Monday through Friday. They're gonna be in our West Auditorium and I know it's gonna be a blast. And again, they are super grateful that they could use this place and we are too. And we're just looking forward to all the different ways that our community can use our facility in the years to come. Well, it has been so exciting to see as God has answered our prayer that not only our roots would go down deeper into his love, but that our reach would go wider into the community as well. That's exactly what we've been experiencing through the first six months together in our space. And the really exciting thing about all of that is that it's just beginning. 
we are just getting started. We are just getting warmed up. And now, going forward from here, I want to encourage you to build on what we've started. Together, with God, we've laid an incredible foundation. Yes, we have. We've laid an incredible foundation. But rather than just resting on that foundation, now we have the opportunity to build something special on top of it. We don't want to be people who live deep and wide style lives of generosity for 24 months and then just revert back to our old selves. No, we want to be the type of people who live deep and wide style lives of generosity forever. We want to be people who continually step out in faith. We want to be people who say, God, this is scary. God, I, I, I've gotten accustomed to this level of generosity. God, I've gotten used to this. Now this isn't so scary anymore. And so now I'm going to take another step of faith. And God, I pray the same thing. I pray that you would continue to meet me. I pray that you would continue to catch me. I pray that you would continue to fill in the gaps and fill in the holes that I leave because I'm, I'm becoming such a generous follower of yours. And God, I pray that my roots would continue to go down deeper into your love, that I would continue to grow, that you would continue to refine me, that you would continue to mold me more and more into the image of your son for the glory of you and for the transformation of people all around me. That's what we get to do now. There's this really incredible, very interesting story recorded in 2 Kings that I think highlights what we're talking about incredibly well. And so I want us to look at it together today. It's in 2 Kings chapter 13, but let me set the background for you a little bit. Jehoash is king of Israel, and they're at war. But the thing that King Jehoash has going for him is that the prophet Elisha is on his side. The problem is that Elisha's health is failing him. And so when King Jehoash goes to Elisha, well, we'll just, let's just pick it up here in uh, verse 14. And this is what we read. When Elisha was in his last illness, that's what I'm saying, this, he was on his deathbed, right? This was the last time he was going to get ill. King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows, and the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow and Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window, and he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Apek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. What's going on here? Okay, well again, King Jehoash goes to visit Elisha before he goes into battle. But Elisha is incredibly sick, and so we're told he weeps when he finds out. Why does he do that? Well, I can assure you it's not because he was super concerned about Elisha and his health. It, while we're not told explicitly, it appears that below the surface, the truth is that he's much more concerned with Elisha's protection if he dies. 
Elisha gives the king some very unusual instructions. He says, I want you to get an arrow and some bows. So the king gets some arrow and some bows. And he says, I want you to shoot an arrow out the eastern window. Now, apparently, Jehoash was better with directions than me. Lucky for him. Because if this had been me, if I had been the king, and he told me to shoot an arrow out the eastern window, I would have gone like, oh yeah, yeah, this one, right? Yeah. No, I, you know this about me, but I'm terrible with directions. Just this week, somebody told me to meet them at a building on the east side of the road. And I just stared at them. It's like, why you got to do that? Huh? Why, why don't you just say right or left side of the road? Like, why does it have to be the eastern side of the road? You might as well just give me the GPS coordinates because the longitude and latitude numbers are going to get me there just as well as telling me, meet me at the building on the eastern side of the road. That means nothing to me, but King Jehoash apparently knew better, and so he shoots an arrow out the eastern window. And when he does, Elisha gives him this very positive prophecy. He says, way to go. That was the Lord's arrow. That was an arrow of victory. You're going to have victory over the Arameans. And then he gives him some more instructions. He says, now I want you to pick up some arrows and I want you to strike the ground. Jehoash does what he's told. He picks up the arrows and he hits the ground with them three times. But this time, Elisha gets angry with the king and he says, what are you doing? You should have struck the ground five or six times. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read this, I was like, what's the big deal, Elisha? He struck the ground three times. Why, why does he have to strike the ground five or six? What's so special about two or three more times? Actually, I want to pause here. I want you to think about this for a second. If you had to answer, why do you think Elisha was upset with the king in this moment? The king followed his instructions. Why was he upset with him? How would you answer that question? Okay, I'll tell you what I think. I think that Elisha was upset with what he saw as the king's lack of engagement or the king's lack of commitment to the task before him. He did exactly what he was told to do, but his heart was not committed to it. Can't you picture this scene? Elisha tells him to get some arrows and, and hit the ground with them. So the king picks up some arrows and he's thinking, why am I doing this? What's the point? And so it's like he kind of walks over and he hits the ground. Tap, tap, tap. And he puts them down and he looks back at Elisha. And Elisha gets angry. He's like, are you kidding me? Is that all you're going to give it? That's all you've got? Come on. Now we aren't told explicitly, but it's implied that the king had followed Elisha's instructions half-heartedly. And I don't know why the king was so indifferent. Maybe it was laziness. Maybe it was apathy. Maybe he just felt a little foolish striking the arrows into the ground with a bunch of passion and energy with nobody else around but this prophet. I don't know. But what I do know is that his lack of, of follow-through was a demonstration of the king's lack of faith. And this is what we have to understand for us today as it relates to us. The king didn't fail. The king quit. You follow me? The king did not fail. He quit. He didn't do the wrong thing. He just didn't do the right thing all the way to the end. He gave a half-hearted effort in doing what the prophet Elisha had asked him to do. And because of that, the long-term victory was lost. And that's why Elisha was so frustrated with him. He had done enough to get by. 
but he didn't bring his best effort. And I don't know about you, but I read that and I decide for myself, I want to be so careful that I don't become guilty of doing the same thing. Because it is so easy in the world that we are part of today, it is so easy to get accustomed to living in comfort, to living with as much comfort all around us as we can possibly manage. Because we live with a level of comfort that this world has never seen before. Think about it. Our homes are the most comfortable homes that this planet has ever seen. Our cars are more comfortable than than transportation has ever been. Our clothes are more comfortable. Our beds are more comfortable. Our chairs are more comfortable. Even at church, when I was growing up, you know what we sat on? We sat on hardwood pews, and we liked it. Today, you get to sit on cushioned recliners that flip up when you stand up, so you don't even have to get out of the way if somebody tries to walk by you. We, now you sit in chairs that make you want to fall asleep. Well, it's probably the chairs and the melatonin we put in the coffee, but somewhere, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We don't put it in the coffee, it's down in the kids' rooms. No, I'm kidding about that too, that's not true, that's not real. But listen, all of that is nice, right? All of that comfort is nice, but the downside is that we get accustomed to being comfortable to the point where we don't like to do anything that takes us outside of our comfort zone. And we have to be extremely careful that we don't live like the goal of our life is to arrive safely at death. I want to say that again so it has time to sink in. Maybe so that you have time to write it down and tweet it out or post it. But we have to be extremely careful that we don't live our lives like the goal of life is to arrive safely at death. All of our lives will come to an end at some point. That's not news to anyone. Of course, you know that's true. And in the big scheme of things, our lives are relatively so short. They are just a blip on the radar here today and gone tomorrow. Again, this is not news to anyone. You know that this is true. All of our lives will come to an end, and it would be such a waste for us to live like the goal of our life is to arrive safely and comfortably at death, having not stepped out in faith, And having not had the thrill of seeing what God does through us when we do. When we actually follow him where he is leading. That's not how we were created to live. That's not how we want to live. You and I want to live lives that make an impact. We want to make a difference. We want the world to be a better place because of what we did and because of what we gave. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to contribute to something that will live on long after we're gone. We want to leave a legacy for others to follow, for others to remember, and for others to learn from. And you don't have to start a company to do that. You don't have to have an invention to do that. But you do have to give yourself fully to the work that God is asking you to be part of. You do have to be willing to inconvenience yourself a little bit. And you do have to be willing to give up a little bit of the comfort you could preserve for yourself. And I understand that that so runs against 
every fiber in our being. We are hardwired to choose our comfort above all else. But God did not place that inside of us. That is not a reflection of him. We have an opportunity to continue coming together and continue building something that is so incredibly special. We have an opportunity to now build something that truly causes more and more people in our community to stand up and take notice. We have an opportunity to continue helping bring the kingdom of God into the lives of more people in our community. But that won't happen by accident. And that won't happen if we go through the motions. And that won't happen if we pick up our arrows and go tap, tap, tap. That will only become a reality for us in our community today if we do what the Apostle Paul encourages us to do in 1 Corinthians when he writes, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Guys, we have all been given a handful of arrows. And we want to be people who passionately strike them into the ground with every ounce of energy that we can muster up. We want to be people who are determined that we are not going to go through the motions, that we're going to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And as it relates to our generosity, we want to follow the example that God set for us when he didn't hold anything back. He gave up everything in sending his son to pay the penalty for our sin. And so in, in his second letter to the Corinthians, when Paul comes back to this same group of people, in his second letter he says to them this, he says, remember this. I love that Paul himself stops and recognizes the people who read this letter are going to forget most of what I'm writing to them. I'm long-winded. I'm going to say a lot. So let me just tell them if they're going to forget a lot of things and remember a few things, this is what they need to remember. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. They lived in an agricultural world, and so Paul ties their generosity to this analogy of planting a seed. And it's a fantastic analogy because every time you give, it's like you plant a seed in the ground, and it seems like it's gone forever. But the reality is that it's not gone forever. It's just no longer in your hands. But because you've planted that seed, that seed will grow and it will produce a harvest. It will produce a crop that far exceeds what was planted and it will produce fruit that is a blessing to other people. It will produce a crop. It will produce fruit that is a blessing to the next generation. And so as we celebrate the culmination of deep and wide, I want to encourage you to not stop here but instead to go forward and to live a deep and wide style life, continuing to take steps of faith with your giving, continuing to be amazed at how God shows up, continuing to be amazed at what God will do inside of you as he changes you as a result of those steps of faith, and continuing to be amazed at the legacy you get to leave as God makes an impact on this world through you.
Let me pray for us. Lord, we are so grateful that we have had the privilege to go on this deep and wide journey with you over the last 24 months. God, we're so grateful for what you have done inside of us as our own roots have gone down deeper into your love. And God, we're so grateful for the way that our reach has gone wider into our diverse community. And Lord, we pray collectively as a church today that this would not be the end, but that it would be the beginning that this would serve as a catalytic weekend, a catalytic moment for us to springboard into the next chapter of the Heartland story, into the next chapter of what you want to do through this beautiful family of believers that call themselves Heartland. God, would you do something through us that is only possible because it is you. And Lord, we pray that you would get all the credit. Lord, we are happy to to become smaller so that you can become greater. We just want more of our diverse community to be awakened to your glory and your goodness. So go before us. Lay the path out clearly before us. And Lord, we pray that you would honor our steps of faith and that you would do great things in us and through us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.